This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Go back to school in style with Adidas. From backpacks to daily essentials to apparel that lets your personality shine, Adidas has all the gear you'll need on day one. Visit your local Adidas store or shop on adidas.com for confidence in the classroom and beyond. Hello, and welcome back to Morgan's Pop Talks, a podcast brought to you by The Dip. I am the Morgan in Morgan's Pop Talks. Happy New Year! 2022 is going to be the year Morgan's Pop Talks takes over the world. I'm calling it right now. Can I just say, I have made a realization in the first six days of 2022, and that is that I hate New Year's Eve. And I don't know if that means that I'm changing or growing up or getting old and lame, but I don't know, maybe all the above, because I used to love New Year's Eve. I loved getting dressed up. I loved being with friends, staying up till midnight. It was like my favorite holiday. Now, all of those things are like worst case scenario for me. I remember this past New Year's Eve looking at the clock at 9 p.m. And I was like, you mean I have three more hours of this? I almost said screw it and went to sleep. If it was not for Andy Cohen on CNN, I would have went to bed. And I'm mad because it's January freaking 6th, you guys, and my sleep schedule still has not recovered from New Year's Eve. So uh, really starting 2022 off strong. Speaking of New Year's Eve and specifically Andy, he's kicking off this week's pop three, the biggest headlines of the week because he was just all over the place this week for his performance on the CNN special, the New Year's Eve special. Tons of articles came out and said he was fired for the things that he said. He was very intoxicated, which I thought was funny. And it's like for the things that he said, well, he said a lot. (laughs) He said a lot. Uh, He was just being funny and drunk, but nothing like super offensive. In my opinion, he Went on a rant about the New York City Mayor uh, de Blasio, which I'm from Ohio. I'm sorry. I don't know a lot about what's going on with the mayor of New York, but I saw a lot of people thought that it was funny. He said, Andy said that the one thing that he regretted was talking about Ryan Seacrest and ABC. What he said was that he called their broadcast a group of losers, but he wasn't serious. He was like, Oh, the group of losers, you know, while ranting about how the band Journey isn't the same without the original lead singer, Steve Perry. So it's just like your typical 20, I mean, I was going to say 2021, but it is now 2022, just people getting mad over stupid stuff, you know, and I have had enough of the straight laced. 2022, we're letting loose. Even if I'm going to bed at nine o'clock, we are letting loose. Give me loose lips, Andy, all day, every day. So then here come all the rumors. Oh, he's been fired. CNN is so embarrassed by the way Andy act. 
accepted. CNN was like, no, not really. It's not that big of a deal. Oh, they said in People magazine, like we talked to Andy, there was a little kerfluffle, obviously because you can't be like Ryan Seacrest and ABC sucks. But that was it. So no, he's not fired. He's going to be back on CNN for New Year's Eve this year. He was on the Howard Stern show Wednesday. And he said, and I quote, I will not be shamed for having fun on New Year's Eve. Great freaking tweet, Andy Cohen. He said, that's why I'm here. That's why they bring me. It's a four and a half hour show. He said the booth started kicking in around 1130. You know, everyone's focusing on the last 45 minutes or hour. So he kicked it into high gear. He was just living life. And he said, I won't be shamed for it. I had a blast. Anderson had a blast. We left and we're like, that was fun. What a fun New Year's Eve. No apologies for my drinking on New Year's Eve. None. Thank you, Andy. I was reading comments where people were like, he was so unprofessional. Who cares? It's a New Year's Eve special. They're having fun. This isn't the presidential debate. Who wants them to be professional on New Year's Eve? Nobody. Long live King Andy. And if you're questioning your life choices that you made on New Year's Eve, just tell yourself what Andy Cohen told his self. I will not be shamed for having fun on New Year's Eve. Our second headline in this week's Pop Talks, dueling rebounds for Keith and Yalia. I just made that up. Apparently Kanye West is dating this girl named Julia Fox. I don't know if I like Yalia. TBD on that. We'll circle back to that. This is where I have to really swallow my pride because as a pop culture expert, an aficionado, borderline obsessed with these people who will never know who I am, I do not know who Julia Fox is. You want to look at my Google history? It says, who is Julia Fox? She's an actress. This is an educational program as well. The more you know. She was in Uncut Gems. Look, I've never seen the movie. I'm sorry. So, Yay. And I also cannot call him. Can I just call him Kanye, please? We're talking about getting loose. I'm calling him Kanye. Kanye and Julia, they were first spotted together in Miami for New Year's Eve, which is ironic because that's where Pete was doing his New Year's Eve special, but I digress. They then went on a date in New York. And according to page six, she went to his hotel after, but it's unclear how long she was there. So, okay. Both Kanye and Kim are in the rebound phase. We know that Kim is jet-setting off to the Bahamas with Pete. They hopped on their private jet on New Year's Day. Everyone is like, Kim and Pete are getting serious. No, they're not. I don't think Kim is going to get married again. I don't think Pete will be a stepdad to the kiddos. But I don't know. I could be wrong and just a hater. But back to Kanye and Julia. I feel like, you know, I also am confused because wasn't he just dating this model, Venetria? who he went on that podcast and was like, I still love Kim and his girlfriend sitting in the corner. I'm confused. I feel like if any model were to ever date Kanye West, they would just be so self-conscious the whole time that he was judging what they were wearing. Meanwhile, in these paparazzi photos of him leaving his date with actress Julia Fox, he looks like he just got done painting the freaking garage. And what he wore out with Julia, but anyhow... The good thing about Julia is she seems to have no chill, okay? She dragged the father of her son on Instagram just before Christmas. She said, and I quote, this man left me with a five-month-old and a dog and a home and all the bills 
It's wrong. It's not fair. Look, I'm not happy that she's got all this drama. It sounds like she's really going through it. Julia, sis, we're here for you if you need a strong, supportive community. That guy clearly sucks. But also, if some things go down with yay, at least we'll get some juicy Instagram stories from our new friend, Julia. Finally, in this week's pop three, the bomb that was dropped by Tristan cannot get his life together, Thompson. Deep breaths. Deep breaths. We're going to get through this one together. Whew. Whew. It just makes my blood boil. Like someone give me a brown paper bag so I can like breathe into it before I talk about this because it makes me so angry. Tristan admitted on his Instagram, his paternity test came back. He is the father. Three days into 2022 and this is what we get. Some Maury type stuff on Instagram. He's fathering a child with Marley Nichols. The second Instagram story is what really got the people going. It's this public apology to Chloe. He said, Chloe, you don't deserve this. You don't deserve the headache and humiliation I have caused you. You don't deserve the way I have treated you over the years. My actions certainly have not lined up with the way I view you. I have the utmost respect and love for you, regardless of what you may think. Again, I am so incredibly sorry. You know what I hate more than Tristan Thompson? How people immediately say, I don't feel bad for Chloe. She is the one to blame. You can have those opinions because Chloe did get with Tristan while another woman was pregnant with his first child. And that sucks. There's no two ways about that. But to say she's to blame for Tristan Thompson's decisions is lame. And she's actually not to blame. And maybe you have been lucky enough in life to never have had to dealt with a narcissist or a master manipulator. But it's not really that black and white, especially when there is a child involved. You have to remember that Chloe has gone her whole entire life with people tearing her down, calling her the ugly one, the fat one. She's not right for the brand. Robert isn't her father. I mean, pick a day. There's a different headline about Chloe that would just destroy her self-esteem. What would that do for your self-esteem when it has been done publicly, incessantly for, I don't know, 20 years? I think that this is truly, truly the final straw. And if it's not, then there's some kind of agreement between the two of them, like an open relationship or something. But if Tristan is apologizing to Chloe publicly, to me, that says they are not on good terms. Like he sent that same little spiel as a text message and it's been read and not answered and the read receipts are on, you know? It's also gotten to the point, and I've said this before on the podcast, Chloe's been trying really hard to keep it together for true because she wants the family unit. At what point does it become not good for true? Like, this is the only example of what a relationship is for her. You got to let it go. And if this is where I will be critical of Chloe here, because she has not apologized to Jordan Woods and publicly she will not. And that tweet from years ago saying at Jordan Woods, you are the reason my family broke up. It's still on Chloe's Twitter. It shouldn't be there. The same way that I said Chloe Kardashian is not to blame for Tristan's decisions. Neither is Jordan Woods, Chloe. So like, let's extend that same grace to her. I also don't like how Chloe's always saying, I want True to have a sibling. 
True does have a sibling and now she actually has two. So if what Chloe means by that is that she, Chloe, wants to have another daughter or son with Tristan, that's one thing. But don't sit there and say, I want True to have another sibling when she has siblings, Chloe. 2022 is the year that we're done with Tristan Thompson. We are done. Although, I don't know. There's a lot of time left in the year. And he is uh, a mess of a human being. So, TBD on that. All right, you guys. We are going to take a quick break. And we will be back with our deep dive all about Sally from The Bachelor. Was she really getting married? It's so strange. Hang on. We'll be right back. Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, amazing animal attractions, and this. Coke is summer refreshment, so you can hop on another ride, like the all-new Sidewinder Safari. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 off passes or daily tickets starting at $39.99. Welcome back. This week's deep dive question comes to us from Olivia. Hey, Morgan. This is Olivia from Chicago. Can we get a deep dive on Sally from Clayton's season of The Bachelor? What was the timeline of that engagement? Something doesn't add up if she was supposed to be getting married but made it through casting. Love the podcast. Can't wait to hear what you think. Bye. Love you like a sis, Olivia. You know, I told you guys I was bringing that back in the year 2022, and this is the first time I said it since the last podcast that I released. So clearly... My one New Year's resolution of bringing L-Y-L-A-S back, not going so well. Anyways, we first heard about Sally months ago on Reality Steve, September 25th to be exact. Here was his tweet. Hearing a ton of stuff already about these women, but this one has me floored. Sally Carson was engaged and having her bachelorette party a month ago. She was set to be married tomorrow, but the wedding was called off a couple weeks ago. Now she's on The Bachelor. Ha ha. We obviously saw that play out on this week's episode of The Bachelor. Before we even get to the rose ceremony, here comes Sally saying she doesn't know if she's ready because today was supposed to be her wedding day, yada, yada, yada. I want to talk about what we saw on the show, and then we'll get to the behind the scenes of it all because we do have the timeline of the wedding, the breakup, all the things. So first, Sally is thinking about leaving. This is before night one even kicks off. She's talking about how she was engaged. She broke it off due to infidelity, and her wedding was supposed to be the same weekend that her bachelor journey, if you will, kicked off. So she says something like, I need to go talk to him. And the worst part is he doesn't even know I'm coming. I'm like, sis, he doesn't even know who you are. Like he's not worried about who's coming to the door when he doesn't even know who you are. He has met no one yet, but she goes, they talk, they have a connection after like a 10 minute conversation, which just means that they're physically attracted to each other. And now she's conflicted. Does she stay or does she go? He offers her a rose. She goes outside and she calls her mom. How did she get a cell phone? I saw grocery store Joe tweeted. I've been on the show five times. How does Sally have a cell phone? That's a great question, Joe. She like, can I phone a friend? You guys, I really just need to use one of my lifelines here before I self-eliminate. She does decide to leave. So here are my questions going into the deep dive that hopefully we're going to uncover. 
why would they keep that footage on the show if she just leaves? It very easily could have been cut out. I'll get to my prediction at the end. Also, what's the timeline? So let's look at what we found online. I have to say, Bachelor Data is the greatest Instagram account in the world. It's also very educational. They put together a little timeline, so please go follow them. So here is the timeline of Sally. August 14th, of course, this is 2021, Sally's bachelorette party in Mexico, okay? Middle of August. September 20th, about a month later, Sally flies to South Carolina for a hair appointment. Filming was set to begin one week after this. So was she getting her hair done for the show? It seems like it. Also, why would you fly to South Carolina for a hair appointment? You can't find anybody closer. I don't know where she's from, but if you had to fly, dang, sis. I mean, it ain't worth it. Slap on some highlights and call it a day. A week later, September 26th, The Bachelor starts filming. That is also Sally's wedding date. Then a month later, this is where it gets juicy. Obviously, we know that she left around September 26th, 27th, November 25th, 2021. Sally tagged in a photo with said ex-fiance in Mexico on Instagram. The two are standing next to each other. Multiple friends posted the same picture. It's a big picture. There's a lot of people in this photo. It's them celebrating a friend's birthday that was on November 24th. So a little more digging revealed that this trip that she and her ex were on happened November 6th through the 11th. So let's just run through that real quick. The cliff notes. Can you tell that I never read books in school? I was always on cliff notes. Bachelorette party. She gets her hair done. She goes to the bachelor. She comes home. She then flies to Mexico with a group of her friends and her ex. Bachelor data on IG has all the pics with the timestamps, all the things. How do we know September 26th was her actual wedding date? The wedding registry is still up online. You can't make this stuff up. If you wanted to go buy something for Sally on her wedding day, you could still do it. It straight up says, Sally Carson getting married Sunday, September 26, 2021. It's got the list of things that she needs. So what was this? Like a Jen Wyatt situation? Was Sally with this guy? Were they broken up? She's been silent on social media. And ever since Bachelor Data came out with this, all of her friends have seemingly scrubbed their social medias. And so has she. So all we have to do here is speculate. How could she have gotten through casting? In that short of a timeline, did she apply? The turnaround is pretty quick. The tables are freaking turning. So Jade Roper, she was on season 19 of The Bachelor. She commented on Bachelor Data's Instagram post. And she said, just for more insight into casting, I never auditioned, never applied, was called three weeks before filming to come in for an interview. I was anonymously nominated, they told me. I found out the night of limos, it was by a producer who ran in similar circles. I was told the day I went in for an hour interview that I was cast if I passed medical, psych, background checks. I also know Emily Maynard was cast in a similar fashion. I also know some girls applied for seasons two or three seasons before they get cast because producers keep them shelved for future seasons for certain reasons. Not saying her timeline isn't confusing, but could have been an atypical casting process for her. This is very interesting. If you know anything about Greg Grippo's story, he was supposed to be on seasons before Katie's. I believe he was actually supposed to be on Becca Kufrin season first, then Claire and Tasha's, and then ended up on Katie's. It reminds me of a conversation I had with Michael A., who also did not apply to be on. 
a producer found him through, I think, some charity work that he was doing online. So producers are digging for these people with stories. You know, maybe they're even more so interested in these types of people because they know they would never a apply themselves. They're more authentic to the process and not, you know, quote here for the wrong reasons. The phrase that we've heard 18 million times. I think probably a producer knew of her situation or knew of her. And maybe Sally fresh off a heartbreak was like, you know what? Yeah, let's freaking do it. And then realized when she was there going on the show to make her ex jealous isn't going to work out and she's really not ready. The guy, her ex, probably knew she was going on the show, reached out to her as soon as she got home, begged and pleaded. They go on this vacation together. Where are they now? Who really knows? Like, are they together? Did they just go on this vacation together? I don't know. So why would producers include this? I have two theories. One, maybe her and the ex aren't together and she comes back. Or two, they really want to drive this narrative of no one liking Clayton, which I'm over it. You know, they cast him, they made the decision, and all hell breaks loose on social media. Who's this Clayton? Why was it not Rodney or Brandon or Michael or whoever? Then they get him on after the final rose and they have him reading mean tweets about himself, which was very strange. And then you have three girls self-eliminate on or before night one. I think that they're doing this to Clayton on purpose. I think this is their marketing strategy for his season. They're always thinking of different ways to drive ratings. Let's get the world talking about this Clayton guy. Nobody likes him. Nobody knows why he's the bachelor. Three girls self-eliminated night one. Can you believe it? Don't we all feel so bad for Clayton? For six foot five, chiseled, straight white football player. We just feel so bad for He's had such a hard time. Don't you want to root for him? Because everybody hates him so much. I think it's so lame. I think it's such a lame way to go about a season. And I feel bad for Clayton because they're just, he's just their pawn in their marketing ploy to get people to watch The Bachelor. And it's like, you know, maybe if you would give us, I don't know, a week in between seasons, people wouldn't be so burnt out on the show. I don't know. I'm still watching. I thought Clayton did an excellent job on his first episode, but you know, that's just my two cents. What do I think about Sally? I think that it's what I said before. You know, she, she ended her engagement. Somebody somewhere knew her, knew of her story, brought her on very quickly. She realized this wasn't the right decision. And now she is back together with her ex. That's just what I think. Very excited to be joined now. My first guest of the new year here to talk more about Clayton season premiere from the She's All Batch podcast and Instagram page. Please welcome Stephanie and Jackie. Hi. Hi. Hey guys. We're so excited. I'm so excited. I'm like always thinking to myself, it's so boring to talk to myself about shows. I need to have some bachelor lovers on the show. It's actually one of my new year's resolutions to get more guests on. So I want to thank you guys. We're here to talk about (laughs) Clayton and his season premiere. I just did a deep dive on Sally. So we're going to get into some other big highlights besides her. And of course, we're finally seeing Clayton. After all the things that we have seen online and the mean tweets and the why is he the bachelor, what did you guys think 
about the choice now that the first episode is out? I felt, okay, so I definitely, like everyone else, was very surprised when they announced Clayton as The Bachelor because we didn't know much about him. He didn't really have a strong connection with Michelle. He didn't get a lot of screen time. So I'm like, who is this random guy? After seeing the first episode, I kind of get maybe why they picked him. He really feels... Hmm sincere to me and i think you know in the past few years we have so many people coming on the show for brand deals and social media and stuff and i really do feel in my heart of hearts that like clayton is actually looking for love yeah i i agree with that and i i think it's nice that we finally hear what his voice sounds like because i was confident <laughs> that he was like mute prior to this season but uh yeah i agree with jackie that he he's coming off more sincere i feel like when they're fame hungry you could tell and mm-hmm. he doesn't i mean maybe i'm totally not seeing through. yeah or he's like an amazing actor yeah. and we're all wrong. oh wait but he's not an amazing actor because we talk about it on our podcast like when he had to open the door to sally and he's like hey like that is the most unconvincing <laughs> surprised opening of a door i've ever seen in my life yeah and i think it's interesting because you know i even just touched on this in the deep dive when they go to uh you know cast particular people you know they're sometimes reaching out to people who a don't apply you know they're kind of mm-hmm. like fishing for these people and i feel right. like like maybe that was their thought process with Clayton. Like, don't give him a lot of screen time on Michelle's season so that we can kind of build this whole marketing campaign around who is this new bachelor? Why is he the bachelor? And then he comes in night one and I'm like, wow. Like I was not expecting that based on all the negativity that we have seen. I want to know, what did you guys think of him having to read the mean tweets? I hated that. I thought that was ridiculous. And I'm yeah, all about the drama, bad. but I was like, what is the point of this? It felt like ABC had an agenda and I'm not quite sure what that was, but like why we're all about, they also have like in previous seasons, like talking about cyberbullying and how it's not okay. Why make him read tweets that like, I, I, I did not think that was cool. Yeah. I didn't like it either. So what, what about you? you? Yeah. I mean, I thought it was stupid. And I also thought that the tweets were fake. I mean, especially Me when... Caitlin said, oh, I just watched uh, Shrek last night and I put it on my Instagram story. And it's like, oh, really? You're going to compare him to Shrek when the woman who was hosting your tell-all was just watching that movie last night? Like, clearly production has no creativity because they're just (laughs) pulling stuff out of nowhere. And you know what? If if they had to read tweets and the tweets were like... um, you know, why they choose Clayton. We don't, we didn't know he had a voice. We've never seen him before. Fine. But to say that he looks like Shrek, like why, why insult his appearance? I just didn't seem like there was any, that wasn't necessary. Yeah. I mean, my thoughts were kind of the same as Stephanie. I think, you know, we should be past this in the franchise because they have spent so much time like addressing cyberbullying, And I just don't think there's any need to be negative. Like you want your bachelor to go in confident and ready to meet everyone. And yeah, I didn't like it. And do we really think he didn't know? Like he knows that people felt that way about him. Why did he need to read that? Yeah. And I definitely think that it's just part of this whole marketing ploy on how they're putting Clayton season out there because you go into it with people like, who the heck is this guy? And then, you know, you read the mean tweets and then you have night one where three women self-eliminate. You know, something that has never happened before. Of course, we had Sally. We had um, Claire, who said she hated him. Mm -hmm. And then we had Bubble Bath Girl, who God knows what happened to her. I have a theory about Bubble Bath Girl, and I 
we dive more in, into it in our episode, but um, if you want to talk about that, we can. Yeah, tell me. I would love to hear it. Oh, well, so, okay. So she posted on her Instagram, on her grid, like a whole thing of, you know, she she went and she met Clayton and she didn't really feel a connection. So she self-eliminated and really that's it. Like very nice. Um, and apparently people are saying, I have seen screenshots of this. I didn't catch it firsthand, but apparently she posted on her story um, what I wanted to wear, what I actually wore. So it's the bikini and then like an actual gown. And so people are kind of speculating that um, maybe there was some sort of uh, discussion or uh, she was kind of unhappy with having to wear the bathing suit and then just was upset and then wanted to leave. We talk more about it in our in our episode. But um, yeah, I don't know what you guys think, but that's m- with my detective cap on my theory. What did you think, Stephanie? Yeah, um, I could definitely see that being a reason. I think that paired with the fact that she probably just didn't like Clayton. Um, I think if she's being forced to wear a bikini when she didn't want to, she's probably seeing that this really is like this huge... Producers are like puppet masters. They have complete control over every move these girls make. So by the first night, she's probably already picking up on the fact that like, look, I don't even, this isn't worth it. If I liked the guy, maybe I could play ball, but like, I don't want to show up in a bubble bath, but like, girl, you were like bubble bath girl. Own it. It was great. Yeah, I think she, she looked great. Um, and I loved her entrance, but yeah, <laughs> if she didn't want to do it, that's unfortunate. And then of course, everyone's talking about Claire saying she mm-hmm. hated him. And on one hand, I'm like, geez, Claire, that's a bit aggressive. And then on the other hand, I'm like, I would be the same way because I hated <laughs> everybody I dated. You know, like I had one boyfriend for four years that I actually liked. But other than that, I just hated <laughs> dating in general. What were your guys' thoughts on Claire? Yeah, like, okay, it's funny that we're going from the tweets to this because ABC literally had no problem sharing that a lot of people, quote unquote, hated Clayton. We're all laughing about it. We're all supposed to be on board. Then Claire openly says she hates Clayton, which I thought was hilarious because it's the first raw, authentic reaction as opposed to everyone else saying like, this is my dream man after 30 seconds. So I like made um, a meme on the She's All Batch Instagram page. And I said, maturing is realizing that Claire is actually the person that you want to agree with, something like that. And so many Karens in the comments were like, Claire is ridiculous. She's not like an upstanding individual. And I'm like, is this a joke? Like, are, didn't we all celebrate that we hate Clayton? And now that she's actually saying it, now we all of a sudden are team Clayton. Like, which also, is not it? everyone has to love Clayton. Like, liking people is a personal preference. Um, I thought it was refreshing that, yeah, like you said, Stephanie, someone came in and just didn't like The Bachelor. Guess what, guys? Like, that happens in real life, too. When you go to date someone and they're not really what you expected and you're over it. Um, so it was refreshing to see that as opposed to, yeah, everyone being like, they're my dream man. They're my person. It's it's a little hard for us to buy into that now at this point. I also feel like her personality just did not mesh with her surroundings. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like if she's maybe one of those people who, if she doesn't get that self-assurance right away, yeah, maybe that's mm-hmm. a little bit of a defense mechanism because, you know, she was going above and beyond with the whole tailgate situation. I mean, anytime there's food involved, you're like, yes, (laughs) please. And then he kind of walks away from her. So I'm thinking maybe she knew it wasn't going to end well. And she like wanted to get ahead of it before it got. Yeah. No, I want to go tailgating with Claire. Like she seems like the ultimate tailgating partner. So hit me up, Claire. (laughs) We also have a first in a new host, male host, the first one ever since Chris Harrison. I mean, he's been the only host for years. Of course, we had Caitlin and Tasha the past year. 
what did you guys think about Jesse Palmer? How did he do? And did we miss Taisha and Caitlin at all? I have so many thoughts. You go first, Jeff. <laughs> okay. Well, so um, I, I like Jesse. I thought... I thought he did a really good job of kind of embodying the the cheesiness that I think we kind of miss. You know, I do think at some point this is a little tongue in cheek where they're like this journey and it's the most every moment is the most dramatic moment ever. And I think he kind of embodied that kind of energy from the host. I do kind of miss uh, Caitlin and Tasha just because while Jesse has been through it before as well, I kind of liked seeing like Caitlin and Tasha like take it from a more like friend perspective, kind of walking through it with some of the bachelorettes. Cause they had just so recently or more recently than Jesse been the bachelorette, but you know, we'll see how it goes. Maybe um, him and Clayton will have more of like a friendship down the line, but I think he did a good job of kind of like leaning into the, the tongue in cheek cheesiness of what this all is. Cause when we actually think about it, it's kind of ridiculous, but we all, yeah. we watch it and we love it. Yeah. I, I thought Jesse did a really good job. I like that. It's a former bachelor, but it's not like Nick Vial, no offense, but I feel like he would have like jumped at this opportunity, but I do like that they went back and found like a legitimate host because he has like a hosting background. Um, to be honest, I like Caitlin and I like Tasha, but I thought, it was way too much focus. I've made so many posts about like ABC was obsessed with Caitlin and Tasha. Like I, I'm sure you see when you look at like the press releases or anything, they released more photos of Caitlin and Tasha than they did of Katie. Like there would be like literally 17 shots of Caitlin standing there and then like one picture of Katie. It's like they, they kind of lost focus of what the show was and it was supposed to be about Katie. So I kind of like that it's, and like, I like both of them. I thought they were entertaining, but I like that it's going back to like the focus is on the lead. It's on the girls he's dating. Like Jesse came in and said his lines that he had to sh say, but it wasn't like the Jesse show. Whereas like Caitlin actually tweeted or put on Instagram stories. Um, you know, Jesse's doing a good job, but I miss like the giggling in the corner, mm -hmm. which I thought the giggling in the corner was like kind of ridiculous and distracting from like the episode when it was Katie's premiere. So I kind I like Jesse. I think he's doing a little bit better job in terms of filling the host role. The show isn't the host. The show is The Bachelor. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like I've said this on my pages. I feel like Caitlin and Tasha felt more like peers than a host. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, sure. okay, well, well, you got to pick one. You know what I mean? Right. Do you want a peer or do you want a host? And I know a lot of people were upset when they went with Jesse as opposed to maybe a Wells. But I feel like they would have ran into the same situation with Wells as a host where, you know, they're, they're close in age. He's, you know, not very far removed <laughs> from the franchise. Yeah. So it just doesn't feel like, you know, somebody who would be a peer could then host. Does that make sense? Completely. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. We were just sure. saying too that like uh, Jesse Palmer gives like dad vibes, which is what Chris Harrison gave. And I almost feel that way with Tasha and Caitlin that like they were both engaged at the time of Katie's season. But like what's stopping the guys from being like, yo, I like I like Tasha. Like she's hot and she's like <laughs> my age and was just the bachelorette like two years ago. It's not that crazy. Whereas Jesse is so far removed that he doesn't seem like an eligible option for these girls. But I, I love Wells too. I don't. I don't know if I don't know who I would like better. But I really like Wells. All right. Well, to wrap it up, I want to get your guys's front runner predictions. If you can think Ooh. at the top of your head, maybe a top two or a top three. I have mine ready, so it. I'll go first. I'll say. Okay. You know, I really did love 
Teddy. I know she got the first kiss. I know she got the first impression rose. I'm a little bit biased because we share the same last name. I've already slid into her DMs and she responded to me. So I always love when people on the show actually like acknowledge me as a human being. It just makes yes. me like them yes. more. I just feel like she was really sweet and really genuine. So I will say Teddy is my number one. I feel like pilot Rachel is going to make it okay very far. And then I also... Just with how much press we've had around Gabby, you know, dating Dean and dating Blake. I mean, she just Mm kind of seems like she was made to be a part of Bachelor Nation. Those are my three, you know, front runners as of right now. What do you guys think? Well, so I definitely agree on Teddy, although... She, she was like, I feel like she was like the woman of the night. She got the first impression rose. Everyone online, I feel like was talking about how great she looked and she did look great. My thing with her, I feel like, so she got the first impression rose. They're kind of setting her up with this storyline. You know, she's a virgin. Um, She's waiting until she's in love to have sex. So like they like to bring those people far. So they're kind of setting her up for that storyline. However, I haven't seen a lot of her in the promos. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of confused by that. I don't know if they're just being sneaky with the promos and not trying to give too much away. We know they're like, they switch up the promos all the time. So you can't really like take that as truth, but I don't know. And then um, another one I think is a front runner is Susie, just because I feel like she, everyone's been kind of talking about her energy. People have been comparing her to Hannah Brown a little bit, kind of in in her appearance. I think she's going to go pretty far. And then my third, I don't think we have heard the last of Sally. I think maybe mm. we could have a return. There was, uh, I don't know, just there was an article I read earlier today where Clayton was just talking a lot about how, like, you know, Sally, her um, this day being her wedding day, like, wasn't really a red flag for me. Like, we ta- actually talked for an hour and kind of was like saying a lot of positive things I about her. So, Clayton's I- judgment. But I'm like, is there something here, people? Will Sally make a return? I don't know, but I really want her to. I have some tea on Sally. Actually, now I forgot about it. Someone DMs me. So I made a video just making commentary before I knew. I don't know anything. I don't know spoilers. I just went off of their headshots and made commentary. Um, And someone messaged me and said, I have tea on Sally. And they literally just wrote me earlier today. I didn't even tell you, Jackie, but they said um, the tea on Sally is that she's already back together with her ex-fiance, dropping it here for you, oh. for your podcast. <laughs> okay, I so I don't think now. she's coming back. <laughs> However, we don't know when she got back with him or if it's even okay, if, true. Knows if this person's yeah. accurate. I think if ABC's smart, they'll bring her back just for ratings because I'm so invested in that story. I thought it was yeah. gold. I like when things are different. Like, not just the same, not here for the right reasons crap. So overall, because I have been, uh, how do I want to say it? Because I don't want to say that I've been negative. At the end of the day, I love the Bachelor franchise. I watch it religiously. But Bachelor burnout is real. And, you know, I got people mad at me online for saying that, saying I'm not, you know, supporting the two back-to-back Bachelorettes, which is not true. I still watched their whole season. I still commentated on it, but it's like, yeah, we're tired. I mean, do you guys feel the same way? Or do you think that now that it's a Bachelor season, we're kind of ready for this season? I, I, just, I feel alive. I'm like so excited for the season <laughs> because this is the first season coming out of like the pandemic. They're back in the mansion. Mm-hmm. They're going to be really traveling, uh, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, they're actually, this feels like how it felt several years ago. Like I remember like 
I always bring this up, but like Tasha's one of Tasha's dates with Ivan, where she's like, okay, let's pretend the floor is lava. And I'm like, are these really the dates we're doing now? Like, this is so bad. So I am so pumped for a season that's like back to normal where we can like, you know, have real drama, travel places, have real dates, not like these like fake dates and fake hometown dates that are literally just like outside the hotel that they're staying at, you know? I agree. I definitely was feeling um, the burnout as well. I, and I am, I was really, before the episode premiered, I was almost kind of dreading having to watch it. And then afterwards I was like, you know, you know what? I think like we're back in the mansion. We can travel. I think this might actually be um, an exciting season to bring us out of our little slump. But I hope that they keep go back to the old model of alternating between like bachelor, then a bachelorette, yeah. then yes. paradise or, you know, whatever, because I think also part of the burnout was two bachelorette seasons back to back too. Um, and I think it would be the yeah. same for those two bachelor seasons back to back mm -hmm. because like the dynamics for both seasons are so different. And so to, I like the variety. I don't know, you know? Yeah. To be honest though, the bachelor I think is more popular than the bachelorette because we like watching girls. Like I like watching the girl drama and the cattiness. It's not as interesting when it's guys. So I think the fact that it was two bachelorettes, it's like a lot of man drama in one <laughs> period of time. Fighting that about I pizza. I would have, yeah. <laughs> and like, oh my God, I can't. I'm, I think it would have been a little bit better if it were two bachelors back to back because the girl drama is so much better. I agree with you. I'm super excited for this season. I thought episode one was amazing. You guys, thank you so much for coming on for our first official review. Make sure all my listeners Yay. here go follow Stephanie and Jackie on She's All Batch on Instagram. Also, their podcast is the same name. She's All Batch. You guys, thanks. Let's do this again Yay. soon, okay? Yeah, Absolutely. Please come on thank ours. you so much. All right, you guys. Thanks for hanging out. The first episode of 2020 22. It felt pretty good. Make sure you leave a review before you go. Can I tell you that when I read that review last week about how, um, I think her name was Emily. I hope that's right. It's just off the top of my head. She slid into my DMS cause I posted her review about how she didn't like the bachelor or Bravo or pop culture, but she still listens to the podcast. I had at least 10 other people tell me the same thing. I mean, you guys, the support is unmatched. So make sure you leave a review before you go. You can do so on Spotify now too. It's a brand new feature. Just give a little boop, boop, five star rating and we'll be good to go. All right, you guys, see you back next week. Bye. Everyone is howling about Paws of Fury. It's the most fun comedy of the summer. I am your father. What? No, I'm not. <laughs> Michael Sarah. It's showtime. And Samuel L. Jackson. What the mother father kind of spaniel's going on here? Paws of Fury. Only in theaters this Friday. Rated PG. At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding a motorcycle with your crew on the open road. It's a primal, wild freedom. A feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, sound effects guy. <laughs> Hmm, no. You know, we really lost a stride at the end there. Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive, America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage.